Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. You know, over the last several weeks, uh, we've been in a series called Making Room. And really, the main concept about this series we talked about in the first week, and that's if you want to be blessed, you have to make room for God's blessings in your life. That we can't just hope God's going to bless us and not be ready for him to bless us. So the first week, we talked about the fact that there is a big difference between inspiration and participation. You can come and get inspired for things. You can get excited about things, but but really the work begins after you're inspired, and you have to participate in getting yourself set up in order for God to be able to bless you. It's not good enough to be inspired by watching The Biggest Loser. If you want to lose weight, you got to get on the treadmill if you want to lose some weight. So that's what we talked about week number one. Uh, then last couple weeks, Pastor Hooper brought some incredible messages on making room uh, for happiness, that if you want to be happy, you can't just hope that you're going to be happy. You actually have to participate in that as well. And today, I'm excited because we're going to be talking about one of the areas where I feel like it might be one of the most important areas for you to make room if you want to be blessed, and that is your schedule. I hold in my hand a personal calendar. This is a paper calendar. I'm sorry, for those of you that are under 30, there was once a time that calendars were printed out on paper. I think before that, we probably just scratched them on rocks. I don't know. But, uh, but I'll hold in my hand a tool. Let me, let me go ahead and get straight to the punchline of this message, and it's this. A personal schedule can be a tool God can use to help transform you into a completely different person. It doesn't have to be out of paper. It can be uh, in your phone, but wherever it is, the, the, the schedule can be something very powerful God can use. In fact, uh, a couple of years back, I heard a pastor talking about working on your personal schedule, and he said something that I've never considered before, and it blew my mind. So I, I wrote it down, and I want you to catch this today. This is what he said. He said, my schedule should be less about what I need to do and more about who I want to become. My schedule should be less about what I need to do and more about who I want to become. See, the truth is, I've never considered this before. And I think that there's a lot of us in this room that when it comes to your schedule, you've never considered a statement like this of, of the fact that this can really be a tool about helping transform me into someone that I want to become. Because I think a lot of us, when it comes to our personal schedules, what we do is we, we, we treat it as like a grocery list of all the busy stuff we've got to get done. And when we sit down uh, with a piece of paper and start writing out the things we need to do, we think, oh gosh, I've got that meeting on Tuesday, so I've got to write that in. And then afterwards, I haven't been to the grocery store yet, and the car's a little bit dirty, and I've got to go to the pharmacy. And oh yeah, the kids have soccer practice. So we start writing down all of the tasks that we need to do, and we never consider that a schedule could really be a tool that could help transform us. So we essentially write down all the things that we need to do when we cross our fingers and just hope that it's all going to work out. And for 
years and years, this is how I've looked at my personal schedule, and I know that there are many of you in this room that feel the same way. And see, just crossing your fingers and hoping that everything will work out, what happens is our time gets filled with so much busy work. And that's why our conversations, you've had conversations with the people sitting next to you over and over again. I've had the conversations with you where we'll ask the question, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. And the truth is, we're going to go through seasons where we're busy. There's a lot of things that you and I have responsibility over that we need to handle. But really, as we get into this today, I hope that you and I would be able to start considering in our own schedule this statement of my schedule should be a lot less about what I need to do and a lot more about who I want to become. We get this from Scripture. We see that the, the emphasis on understanding our time and being thankful for our time and scheduling our time comes right from God's Word. There's a number of verses we're going to look at today, but there's one in Psalms uh, chapter 90, verse 12. says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us, God, to number our days, to schedule them, to recognize we have so few days uh, that in, in fact, we're not even guaranteed of tomorrow. So the few days that we do have, God, help us to use them properly. See, how you fill your schedule may, may be one of the most important areas that you can make room so that you can be blessed in your life. So really the goal of today, just like we talked about in week one, there's a difference between inspiration and participation. If you come in here today and you hear a message about your personal schedule and you leave here and you don't do anything with it, then, then really it's not helpful at all. This is one of those homework messages. This is where you're going to get a little bit of information that, that my hope and my prayer for you is that you would go home and prayerfully take this information and get into your personal schedule and ask some very difficult questions and put some very difficult things into place so that you can start to make room for God to bless you. So the goal today is that you gain some good information and when you leave here, understand that the process just begins when we dismiss this service. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would get me out of the way. I, I believe right now that you want to speak to each of us. I believe that your Holy Spirit wants to convict us and change us and grow us and get us ready so that, God, we could be the type of people that are blessed and transformed by you. So, God, we pray that you'd help us today. I pray that I wouldn't be a distraction, but you'd use me instead as a voice box. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, then diving right into this. Four thoughts about making room in your schedule. Go ahead and write these things down. Four thoughts about making room in your schedule. Now, if you're visiting with us today, I want to encourage you because this is just really good practical information that's going to help you in your everyday life. But if you're not a visitor, if you're a follower of Christ and you're a part of this church, we don't look at this information as just good advice. We see that this is actually mandatory for a Christ follower. Because we recognize that James says that every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father. And we believe that every breath that we take is a gift from God. Every moment that we have is a gift from God. So therefore, as Christ followers, we have a responsibility to manage that gift properly. To take the short lives that we have and to handle them in a very good way. So I hope every person will, will write these down and let them affect you and change you today. Number one, here's four observations about time. Investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. 
Investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. Let me say it another way. It's summative. It adds up. Because think about it. If you go to the gym and work out for 30 minutes, that's not, that's not really that much. But if you go to the gym and work out for 30 minutes, five days a week, every week for several years, that is going to pay off huge dividends. In fact, it works this way in almost every area of your life. If you look at your personal finances and you throw a little bit into savings every time you receive a paycheck, it doesn't seem like much. But if you do that over time, over and over and over again, you're consistent, it is going to pay off incredible ways. One of the most important areas that we're going to talk about today is the personal time you spend with God. I hear so many people all the time that say, you know what, I, I, I feel guilty because I can't give God a whole bunch of my time. I've only got like 10 minutes between this meeting and that meeting. I've only got a little bit of time in the morning. So what I, I end up just not even spending time with him at all. But the truth is, there's many of you in this room that you recognize that there's a principle here that investing small amounts of time over time adds up. So what we do is we go, okay, I only got 10 minutes I can give God, but what that means is I'm going to give it to him, and I'm going to get in the Bible, and I'm going to read some, some of one of the Gospels. I'm going to read some of Matthew, and I'm going to pray before I go to the work today, and it was only a little bit, but you do that day after day after day, week after week, month after month, and all of a sudden you start to realize your mind gets blown because you start seeing the incredible payoff that comes from this investment. But really, it happens over a very long period of time. So the number one point is investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. But we get caught up on this, and I think it's something that we understand this information. It's not like a mind-blowing point, but it's something that we ignore sometimes. Because the truth is that doing things once is not necessarily life-changing. Generally, if you go to the gym one time, you're not going to leave the gym and someone's going to just stop you and go, oh my gosh, you look incredible. Where'd that six-pack come from, right? If you go to a small group one time, it's, it's probably, I mean, generally, it's not going to change your life. Going to one church service is generally not going to change your life. Now, don't get me wrong. God can do incredible things in one moment in each of our lives, but as, it, as we're talking about time today, Referring to time, just investing one time into one thing, one time is not really going to pay off. So if that's true, that, that there's not really a benefit to one installment, then we also know what is true is that there's not generally a consequence to missing one installment, to missing one investment. That's why it's so easy to get talked out of doing something that you know is good for you. That's why it's so easy to say, well, I can, I'll just eat the cheesecake for this meal. I'll, I'll just, I can just skip the gym this one time. I mean, my friend called up and I've got an opportunity to do something else. It's really not going to hurt anything if I miss the gym. It, it, and I, the truth is, you're right. Missing something one time is not really going to harm anything at all. And, and, and that's why we get stuck in bad habits, though. You'll get an opportunity and you'll hear something like, well, well we're, gonna, we're all going to go out of town and we're going to do something over this weekend and you're going to miss this Sunday with this and you're like, ah, it's no big deal. I got, I'm at church most of the time. It's no big deal. It's just missing one time and missing that one week is not that big of a deal. But what happens for so many of us is that can turn into a second week and a third week and a fourth week. And that brings us to the second point. The second observation about time is that neglect is cumulative. 
So if the first point is investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative, you see stuff build up, you see great payoff, then number two, neglect is cumulative as well. It adds up over time. So if you were to make a goal to neglect some area, you would see the, the payoff of that goal. In fact, if you went into your, uh, your bathroom and you took a marker and you wrote up on your, your mirror there, you put, you know what, I'm not going to work out 30 minutes a day, five days a week. I'm, go- I'm certainly not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to go sit on the couch. You would eventually see the payoff from that, right? You would eventually have to go buy new clothes, right? You would see a payoff. And I think a lot of us have recognized that. There's different areas where we've invested and we've seen payoff, but there's a lot of areas where we neglect something and we see a payoff as well. And and unfortunately, neglect is easy, but neglect is also very costly. And that's where we see that on, on one side, you can start to make a commitment of small things like saying, you know what, I'm going to get together with my family and I'm going to have, I'm going to eat like dinner with my kids like three or four nights a week and pour into them and it's just a little bit of time, but I'm going to do that. And you see the payoff over the years, it's very easy as well to get into a habit of not doing that. And then you start to see that the days became weeks, became months, became years, and, and now you start to see that Your kids are getting older and you're not necessarily, you don't have the relationship with them, the influence with them that you wanted to have and you start to realize that this all added up as well. But unfortunately, it's it's not something that we mean to do when we neglect things. It's just, it it happens because it's easy. Because after all, I'm just missing it this one time. It's just today, I'll get back to it tomorrow. But neglect is costly. In fact, there's many of us in here that, that we weigh the cost of, of the investment of different areas of our life and we think, well, that's a little bit too much of an investment. So we say, I'm not going to do that for today. And there's people in this room that have experienced enough life, they would say, if I could only go back and change things, I would have. Because I didn't realize how costly this neglect was going to be. And not to pick on my father, but a conversation that we've had several different times over the last two years uh, is an area of neglect in health. And in fact, he, he talked to me about this. Many of you remember he had a heart attack two years ago. And after his heart attack, he started having conversations very seriously with me. And he said, you know what? I felt like I was just too busy. There was too much going on to make it to the gym. You know, just, just too busy to, to try to go get good, healthy food. So I just hit a drive through. And, and he started telling me, it's like, I, I just felt like it was too costly when it came to my time to make the good investments. So what then happened is he had his heart attack. And then he had to pay the medical bills with that. And then he had to pay for the medication. And then he had had to go through the rehab and, and, and the physical therapy and all sorts of stuff. And now he's like on a very strict exercise plan. And with all that, he goes, I so wish I could have just gone back and done it right the first time. And I say this because he pleads with me. And, and he says, if you could just hear me, if you could just understand that neglect is so very costly. And it happens in so many different areas of our life. It's very easy to see physically. But I'll tell you, another area that I see it all the time as a pastor is neglecting your spiritual life. See, people that say, you know what, um, 
I, I don't really have time to get up. I mean, I got kids running around the house. I don't really have time to get up and read my Bible every day and pray and worship. And, and really, there's a lot of people that, that miss the whole idea of a relationship with God. And they think that, you know what, I could just go to church on Sunday and get fed once a week. And I'm not going to starve to death. I'll, I'll, I'll make it spiritually. And, and all of a sudden, there's like this atrophy in their life when it comes to their spiritual life. And, and they're missing the fact that we were meant to have a personal relationship with Jesus on a daily basis. And all of a sudden, neglect happens where I, I didn't spend God, a time with God yesterday. And I didn't spend time with him today. And I haven't really prayed in a little while. And that adds up over time to where over and over and over again, it's so sad to me how many times I'll get on the phone with someone or Someone will come into the office or catch me here in the lobby and say, you got to help me. I'm going through a crisis right now. There's a tragedy going on. There's something difficult in my family. And I just feel so incredibly far away from God right now. And I look at people's eyes and they're going like, I didn't realize how lonely I would feel. I didn't realize how far I would feel away from God. And it's like, I wish I wouldn't have neglected my relationship with God to the point to where now it's like, I really wish I had some direction from him. And that's like, I haven't even read my Bible in such a long time. There's so many different areas of our life that I think we take this so flippantly. That when we look at our schedules, we're like, oh, it's no big deal. i got to do this and that and this and that and this and that. And there's all this busy work. And there's these very important areas of our life that, that get neglected. That brings us to the third point. And the third point is random has no cumulative value. Random has no cumulative value. Investments add up over time. Neglect adds up over time. But random has no cumulative value. If you were to add up all the things you did instead of the good thing you should have invested in, you, what do you get? Like, if, if you take all the time you could have exercised, if you would exercise 30 minutes a day, five days a week, you did that for a year, and then you took, uh, on the other hand, not exercising, what would you end up in this hand? In, in one hand, you've got wonderful payoffs of health benefits. On the other hand, what do you have? You don't know. Because think about it, what did you do instead of exercising this year, right? Every one of us, like, we can think about that and go, well, I guess, I, I guess there were some times I watched some shows. Sometimes I worked a little bit late. There were some times, you, you know, I did this or did that. And it happens in every area. Why, why did we miss all those, uh, those dinners with our kids? Well, I don't know. I, I guess there was time, uh, there, one time I went out fishing, that one time I went golfing, and we think about all these things, and on one hand, all the random stuff we did, it doesn't add up at all. And that brings us to the fourth point. The fourth point is that in the areas that matter most, you can't make up for misspent time. In the areas that matter most, you can't make up for misspent time. And let me put it another way. You can't pull an all-nighter. Because you didn't spend your time properly. I don't know if you guys were like me, but I can remember back when I was in school, I, would, I wouldn't do my homework, I wouldn't study for the test, I wouldn't be ready. And then all of a sudden, the teacher would remind us as we were leaving class on a Thursday afternoon, he'd say, guys, remember, your midterm test is tomorrow. And I'd go, oh gosh, right? And I'd stay up all night long and I'd study as hard as I could. And then I'd come back to school and, and I hadn't slept at all, but I'd take the test and I'd pass the test. And when I get a passing grade back on my paper, I'm like, I'm good, I'm fine. 
You know, I didn't, I, I, this, I'm, in fact, I'm not going to study ever again. That was awesome, right? Maybe you've experienced it at work. Like, you've got to make the sales pitch, or you, you've got to have some sort of presentation. You forget about it, or you neglect it, you procrastinate for whatever reason. And then you pull an all-nighter, you pull off the meeting, and your coworkers are like, man, that was awesome. You're like, I'm going to wing it more often, right? <laughs> like, I, I survived that one. I'm sure I'll survive another one. <laughs> so so we, we get this idea sometimes that we can just pull off an all-nighter. And the truth is, there are certain areas of your life where an all-nighter works. Where you can neglect something for a while and then you can just come through at the end and try to fix it. And, and there's a lot of areas where that works. But in the areas that matter most, the way God designed our lives, the way he designed our relationships, the areas that matter most, you can't pull an all-nighter to make up for that misspent time. You can't skip meal after meal after meal with your kids or some sort of investment in time with your kids and then you realize, my gosh, I, I, I'm losing my relationship with them. I got to do something. So, so kids, tomorrow's Saturday. We're going to have an eight-hour breakfast and sit at the table for eight hours together and make up for all those meals we missed. You're going to do a lot more damage than any good, right? Yeah, have any of you ever done the mega workout? That's when... You like you feel real guilty because you haven't been in the gym for a while, so you bring like two water bottles to the gym because I'm going to stay here for a long time today. And you go run on the treadmill, and then you go lift weights, and then you go back to the treadmill, and then to the bike, and, and you get sick at the gym, and then you go home, and instead of getting like back into a plan of working out again, you spend the next three days in bed because of how sore you are. Am I the only one that's ever done that? <laughs> I mean, like, you lay in bed, like, what did I learn from this? I learned I'm an idiot, right? Like, my gosh, you can't make up for misspent time in the areas that matter most. Guys, if this is so important, if God shows us that our time is a tool that we can use to transform our lives, then I think we should stop and look, what, what does he say about it? If we open up the scriptures and see what does God say about this, we can find something very clearly that Paul states to the church in Ephesus about our time. Ephesians 5 verse 15 says, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time. So he's saying you could walk through life unwise and if you're not walking through life wise, you're going to make a bunch of mistakes. There's going to be pain that comes from that. But he says, or you can walk through life wise. And he says, how, so how do you walk through life in a wise way? You have to make the most of your time. Our time is so valuable. It's so very important. So he says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Making the most of your time. Then he says this. He says, because the days are evil. The days are evil. This statement, he's talking about the culture that we live in. So he's talking about the fact, he's saying, you know what, I recognize if I spend my time the way the culture would have me spend my time, if I spend my time the way my appetites would have me spend my time, then I'm going to waste my time. Then I'm just going to get my schedule filled up with busy things, unimportant things, and I'm just going to go through life stressed out, and I'm going to be neglecting the things that that do matter, and I'm going to be investing into random things that really don't add up at all. He's saying, 
He's saying you've got to recognize that we live in a culture that, that is going to drag you into just trying to coast through life. If you've ever recognized this before, anytime you're coasting, you're going downhill. You never coast uphill. You never coast in a good direction. You're always coasting in a downhill direction. He's saying if you want to be wise, you've got to stop and pay attention. How am I spending my time? Am I making the very most of my time? So this brings me back to the first statement that we started with today. The statement, my schedule should be less about what I need to do and more about who I want to become. Less about what I need to do and more about who I want to become. So the homework assignment would, to be asked, would be to sit down and ask yourself a couple questions, to get before God, to really prayerfully spend a little bit of time and ask yourself this question, who do you want to become? Who do you want to become? All right? And you can ask this question, okay? Where do I need to begin making consistent deposits of time. So in light of this, if you would say, okay, I want to become a faith-filled Christ follower, then I have to ask myself, where, where do I need to begin making some consistent deposits of time? And I brought a paper calendar with me today because th there's something, there's a principle about a paper calendar uh, that really sticks with me, and that's that you can write in this in ink or you can write in it in pencil. And there's a lot of us that we go through life and we fill up our calendar and it's all pencil and we just erase it and change this and erase it and change that. But there are certain areas of your life that if you want to become someone greater, if you want to see God's blessings in your life, there have got to be some things that you write down in your calendar that they're there in ink. It's non-negotiable. I can't erase this. If I want to become who God wants me to become, I've got to make an investment into this area. I think you've got to be real with yourself and say, okay, if I want to become a, a, a Christ-filled, faith-filled person, then I've got to ink into my schedule some time that I spend with God every day. Not just trying to go through life starving to death spiritually and then catching uh, uh, Sunday at church or maybe missing a Sunday and then catching the second week and just going through life starving spiritually when you could be eating from God's word every day. Praying every day to, to take your calendar and write down, first thing in the morning, 10 minutes with God. Or 5 minutes with God. 15 minutes with God. See, don't go and write, oh, okay, I'm going to go start spending three hours a day with God. Because don't you remember, like, you can't make up for misspent time. It's not like the mega workout where you're going to go, I haven't read my Bible for a year, so I'm going to read the whole book of Genesis today, Right? You just going to stress yourself out, but just small investments over time. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to first put in some space there for, for my relationship with God. And then you say, maybe I, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be healthy. I want to be stronger. Whatever those are, when, you, when you're looking at your calendar, not through the lens of all the tasks you need to get done, but through the lens of who you want to become, then you start writing down all the things in ink that, well, this is non-negotiable. If I'm going to be a good husband, I have to have time for my spouse. If I'm going to be a good father, I have to have time for my kids. If I'm going to be healthy, I've got to have time for the gym. And we put some very important things in our calendar in ink. But see, if you do that, then your calendar is going to get really, really full unless you ask the second question. And is that, where do you need to stop investing time? Where are you investing time right now that really 
you shouldn't be investing time anymore. You know, every two-year-old you ever meet has got one word down, and they got it down so good. And it's like we get it trained out of us to not use this word all the time when we get older, but it's the word no. No. No, you ever have a conversation with a kid? It's no, 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 all the time. Guys, our lives would be so much less complicated if we could start acting like two-year-olds. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, you want me to do that for you. You want me to make that meeting. You want me to make this commitment, but the answer is no. I've got something more important in my schedule already because I'm going to be something. I'm not just going to be a task doer that's going through my checklist of things to do. So I wonder where are the areas of your life that you need to just stop and ask God and pray and look what's filling up your schedule and go, God, what do I need to stop investing into right now? It's not helping me. It's not growing me. And really that, that's kind of a, a third question that's kind of a second part to this is what things do you need to start saying no to for now? Maybe it's not no period, like that's not a, it, it, it's not okay for my life. No, I'm saying not right now. It, not for this season of my life. I think one of the areas I could explain this to you that I've had to experience in my own life, I didn't realize the wonderful benefit until just recently, but I remember when Rachel was born, a little over 12 years ago, uh, I went into, I had like a hobby room in our house, and I went and sat down in a hobby room in our house, and this hobby room had all my fly fishing gear, I had all my fly tying gear. Many of you know I'm an outdoorsman, I, I love doing that, and I started realizing that this is like, it's something I love to do, but it takes up so much of my time. I'd come home after a work day and I'd turn some music on in there and I'd tie flies because I knew the next time I wanted to go fishing and I wanted to have flies that I tied myself. And I spent so much time in this room. And I remember holding my daughter in my arm and thinking, I want to go in there and tie some flies. It's been a couple days. I want to do this. And, and all of a sudden I started having this struggle, this tug of war on the inside going, well, uh, okay. And I asked Amelie to hold, hold her and I went in there and started tying and I'm in there tying flies going, I, I think I should probably be out here uh, holding my baby right now and investing into her, but then no, Amelie's got her, and it's like this tug of war of, of wanting to be in two different places at the same time, and I started realizing that, you know what, um, I've heard older people say this, and maybe I should listen to them, that these days are going to go by quick, and I looked in the room and thought, you know what, I've got my whole life that I can fish, I've got my whole life I can do this, and maybe for now, not saying I'm not going to be an outdoorsman anymore or anything like that, but maybe for now I need to box this stuff up, move it out, and for this next season of my life, really spend my time investing into my family as opposed to into my hobbies. So I did it. I, I boxed the stuff up, and, and I guess I just kind of looked at it as a stage of life. It's just what you do. I see dads do it all the time. I see moms do it all the time. I put the stuff in storage, and, and I went on with my life as a father. Now, I did not realize the incredible payoff that this would show up 12 years later. But just a month ago, just a month ago, my family owns a boat, and uh just a month ago, Amelie and I were talking about, well, maybe we should sell the boat. We could put the money back in the bank. We could buy some other toy. We could do this or we could do that. And Rachel, from the backseat of the car, overheard what we were talking about. goes, Dad, you can't sell the boat. That's where me and you have our, our daddy-daughter time. And I went, Trump card, baby. We are not selling this boat. <laughs> we 
when that happened, like the light bulb came on. It, and I started thinking about something. I thought, what if I didn't put down the fishing equipment and I didn't start investing in my daughter? Would we be having a conversation about daddy-daughter time at the lake now if I would have neglected an area that's so important to my life and been investing into an area that wouldn't add up at all? So, really, if we understand that in this series what we're talking about is that there's a difference between inspiration and participation, then this was all the big pep talk for the homework that we all need to go home and do. And that's if we want God to bless us with our time, want to bless us in our schedule and really use our schedule as a tool where we can be transformed by God, then we're going to have to go home and we're going to have to sit down and ask some very difficult questions and go, God, is there some areas of my life I have not been investing into that I need to invest? Are there some areas I need to start saying no to? Are there some areas of my life that even for just right now I need to start saying no to? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I, I believe that you're in this room right now and that your Holy Spirit is convicting each and every one of us and I know that you're talking to us. God, there's some of us in this room that if we could just draw the picture of what our perfect life would look like, we'd think, you know what, I wish I was a, a better father, I wish I was healthier, I wish I was stronger, I wish this, I wish that. And God, you've put those things in our hearts. So Lord, I pray right now that you would help us to take the very courageous and difficult moves to say, you know what, I'm going to put the important things first. I'm going to write in ink the things that are going to happen in my schedule that are going to turn me into the person that you want me to become and who I want to become too. Help us to do that. And God, that means we got to say no. So help us to say no to the people and to the commitments, to the things that we've been saying yes to for so long, and they don't, they're not necessarily a bad thing, but they're not necessarily what you want us to do right now. So help us, God. I pray that you would encourage us, and as we make room, I pray that you would fill our lives with blessings that blow our minds. We thank you so much for your faithfulness, and we thank you so much for your love. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner, and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, and that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer at all, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or by email at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.